Welcome to the Claremont Podcast. We're glad you can join us. We're here to bring you the inside info into Claremont life. Firstly, today we've got Jim talking to us about the Football Academy. Hi, I'm Jim Colston. I'm the Academy Director at Claremont Football Academy. Claremont really is a place to come to give your child the opportunity to be the very best. And that does mean that they will get the potential of a professional trial if they are good enough. My experience as a coach is I've been working now for 27 years in coaching football. I have coached in every single continent of the world. I have learnt from some of the best coaches in the world, Bobby Robson being one of them, who's one of the biggest influences in my career. I am passionate about developing young players into professionals. I have uh, three or four now who are currently playing in the, in the Premier League and around 20 that are playing their trade as professional footballers. I'm also a Premier League scout, so any boys that or girls that are showing great promise, they will get the opportunity with me first. I also have a number of contacts in England and also abroad, so there are opportunities really all over the world if you come to Claremont. With regard to my own self, I was a player as a youngster. Unfortunately, injury ruined my career as a young player. So I am very passionate about these guys being successful when they go forward, but keeping the whole balance of football and education exactly the same. Really, they will have around 12 to 13 hours a week of football-based activities, Um, not always with the ball because the whole programme is based on different activities within football. So strength and conditioning, we'll have um, fitness sessions, we'll have different movement sessions. They're actually even taught how to run properly and correctly for the game of football too. With regard to working with the school and working with regard to lessons, no lessons are missed because all of the timings within the week are based on activities where they would be doing another sport. So let's say that the school is doing rugby, they will do football instead of rugby and hockey, they will do football instead of hockey. And also we have a certain amount of times where the boys would also be participating in the extracurricular activities, which they choose football again. So adding all these up together, they don't miss a single lesson and they actually get more football, which is fantastic. The Girls Football Academy has a new product really from the, for the school. There are similar hours. At the moment we're on around six or seven hours to the Junior Academy and hopefully as the numbers grow with the Girls Academy we will be entering leagues and cups exactly the same way as we do with the boys. Welcome Taryn who is part of the Girls Football Academy. How long have you been playing football? I've been playing football for maybe two to three years now. I mainly like started and picked it up when the Football Academy started, but I had played it a bit beforehand. What do you like about playing football? My favourite things about playing football is it's like it's such a team sport and like you like can make such good friends and like really bond with your teammates over football because it's something like all of you enjoy to do and you're all having fun whilst doing it. And did you join the school because of the Football Academy? I didn't join the school because of the Football Academy because the Girls Football Academy wasn't really a thing when I joined the school but I was very pleased when it started to appear at school. Would you agree that the football football is stereotype as a boys' sport? I would say it kind of is. It's got better over the years, but I still don't think that 
there's like enough girls like knowing and being able to like play football because there's not really enough like clubs or girls teams around. How do you think that we can change the perspective of this? I think we need we could like get more girls to understand how much fun football is and that like you have a lot of fun doing it because like most there's not like enough girls teams and like they don't really see girls playing it that often so if we can like increase the variety of like them see girls seeing that it's also a girls sport and not just a boys sport be good and how often do you tra- train and is it very hard work we train between like two three hours a week i think and it can be quite hard work because there's like a lot of technical aspects as, as well as stamina. Do you play with or against the boys? So with the two hour session on a Wednesday, it's just the girls. But on the Monday, you we can train with the boys at speed school, which is stamina based and like quick feet and all athletic side of it. If someone's considering joining the football academy, what would you say to them? I would say if you're considering joining the academy, it doesn't really matter whether you're like really good at football or you're not that great, but it, you have a huge passion for it. As long as it's like something you love and want to do, go for it. Thank you very much for coming and doing this interview with us. You're welcome. <laughs> Introducing 60 Seconds of Singing with the Clamour Choir. to the podcast she's one of Claremont's many brilliant teachers hello Miss Ovenden and we've got some quick fire questions for you today how long have you been a teacher um just over a year officially so a year and a half okay uh this next one what did you do before you were a teacher Uh, I did a lot of things I used to be a PR and catering manager I then was a chef at River Cottage with Hugh Fernley Whittingstall just before that and I used to work in a nightclub uh, and as a catering assistant. If you could do another subject other than history, what would it be? Oh, a hard one. I think psychology, just so I can work out how all your brains work. That's a very interesting idea. You teach history, so if you could go back anywhere in time, where would you go? That's a hard question. I think I'd quite like to go back to the time when the French Revolution was happening in the 1790s, 1780s, 
it was pretty brutal at the time, but lots of change was happening and it formed the modern way that we think. It was the period of enlightenment, but uh, you have a man who makes a paper mache mountain in the middle of Paris and decides to climb up it in a toga. So I always find that quite interesting. What's your favorite historical moment? Uh, my favorite historical moment is probably the time that Rosa Parks actually got recognition for the civil rights movement for women, just because it made such an impact on our world today. If you could erase a historical event from history, which one would it be? I think it would be the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, the Treaty of Versailles was at the end of World War I, and it led to World War II, and therefore the Holocaust, and it's Holocaust Memorial Day tomorrow. But it was the source of many arguments and the rise of Hitler as well. Okay. On a less serious note, what is your favourite colour of jelly baby? Uh, on a serious note, I've actually never had a jelly baby. Really? So I would probably say the yellow one looks the most appetising. Okay, a nice lemon. A nice lemon, oh, yeah. <laughs> are you a dog person or are you a cat person? Um, I actually have a dog, a cat, and a cockatiel. Which so, one do you rather, though? Ooh, that's uh, a hard one. One's um, not going to like you at the end of the night. No, uh, probably my dog, because she's quite loyal. Is it true that you used to just dance as a punishment? Should I be telling you my pu my punishment if you yes. think you're taking history for GCSE mm -hmm. next year? I'm considering it. Um, I enjoy using just dance as a punishment because it's a forfeit so therefore you work harder but i won't tell you my many other forms of torture because i remember you did it to somebody in our class and it's impossible to do you yeah. made us do like a, a national dance or something yes i did it to rasputin always got to keep it historically aligned which is your favorite year group to teach I normally say that I have no favourite year groups and oh, I dislike all of you um, with a passion. But if I was going to choose, it's not your year group, AJ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it would probably be the year 13s because I get to go into the Russian Revolution coursework. So and it's all about what your favourite Yeah, I think it's history. more about my subject. And also they've got to a point where they are really into history. So it's the growing and seeing the student from year 11 all the way up to year 13. If you went back to school and took a A-level at Claremont, which one would you take other than history? Uh, probably economics, because I was terrible at maths, but I think it'd be a challenge. And it's also quite interesting to see the different ways the stock market's business and everything works now. And um, on a final note, tell us about the chart of students' tears. <laughs> so it was a Christmas present from one of my form members uh, and there is a running joke that I make people cry and like to collect their tears. So slowly, as the year has been going on, she has been filling it further and further so it looks like I've made more and more students cry, but it is quite effective when you see it on the desk. I mean, you've noticed it. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hello, and welcome to our Clamour podcast today. I'm Barnacan, along with my fellow reporter from the Arrow, Melanie. We'll be interviewing our school principal, Mr. Perrin, about the brand new pre building works. Over to you, Melanie. 
Why is the new site just for pre-prep? What's happening with the prep school? Well, the new site's just for the pre-prep because it's a purpose-built pre-prep and actually the top year group in the nursery are going to be in there as well so that will be for them but what that means for the prep school is that all of the pre-prep will be empty and we're going to do a complete refurbishment of the pre-prep to create new classrooms for the prep school in fact the upstairs corridor and the downstairs corridor are going to be completely changed and you'll find in there there's going to be four large classrooms for years four to eight uh, a new art department, big art department, and also a new science lab. Where will it be? What will it look like? Well, the new building's going to be positioned on the um, kind of playground below the Oburn Theatre. So as you go down the hill, on the right-hand side, it's going to be placed... How long will the building work take? Building work will start at half-term. So that's starting around about the the 15th, 16th of February, and it will, we're, we're anticipating having the building to move into in the middle of August. So, and the reason it's quite quick is that, and the group who built the, this building, much of it will be with cranes. Will the prep school change as a result? Yes, the prep school is going to, well, certainly building-wise and facilities-wise, the prep school is going to really improve. You're going to have a, a lovely new space for the, for the younger children at the school. And you're also going to have some really um, cool new learning spaces for years four to eight. I mean, the science lab's going to be wonderful. That's going to be upstairs, by the way. The ups um, also, there's going to be a new playground. Um, so there'll not only be a new playground in front of the, the new pre-prep building, but if you go round where the Peace Park is and then into where the old minibus park is, and I'm going to show you it next week probably, there's a new playground being put in there for the whole school. How much will the building works cost? This building um, will cost, the new building will cost around £2 million. Really? Yeah. And then uh, the other works around the school um, will cost different, depending on the, the different projects going on, going on, but the playground um, and then refurbishment works, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money. How many new classes will there be? What other facilities will there be? Okay, so we're going to create, we're going to move the pre-prep. So in the new building, there's going to be eight classrooms. Um, as well as some sort of social areas and play areas for them. And then we're going to create um, four new classrooms where the old pre-prep was. We're going to put in an art department at the end, so I guess that's five classrooms. And, uh, and the new science lab upstairs. Do you have a message for students and parents? Well, the message is that this is a really exciting time to be at the prep school and at Claremont full stop, really. You know, this is a school on the up with loads going on and uh, you know certainly as far as the prep school site's concerned it's going to be a really exciting couple of years. Can I ask you an additional question about the eco-credentials of the school? Of the school or the site? Of oh, the, the new site. building? Of the new build, well, sorry. Yeah. All new buildings have to meet really really strict environmental kind of uh, you know and I know already because we, we had a meeting with the Darwin group last week where they said to us you, this building is meets the highest levels of environmental standards. That, that I can't remember what the category is. Um, and, and you don't need to have solar panels on the roof as a result. And we said, no, 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 hang on a second. We don't just want to meet the basics, 
you know, standards of environmental, you know, environmental standards. We want to do better than that, and we insist that there are, there are solar panels on the roof so that we can be more and more environmentally friendly. Thank you for being here, and thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. For more information, visit claremontschool.co.uk. 